Love Talk on WNHHFM, New Haven's home for community radio. I am not Love Babs. I am not Babs or Ivy, the inimitable morning host. She's, God forbid, got a week off to spread her wings, go to a writing workshop, love nature. Here's Paul Bass sitting in the chair, trying to keep the news flowing. I got someone to help me this session. One of the people who really keeps things going in New Haven since the pandemic started and still going strong, Anthony McDonald, executive director of the Schubert Theater. Mr. McDonald, thanks so much for joining us this morning. On, Thank you uh, for having me. So we were going to talk about what's new at the Schubert, which is All also, right. I would argue, what's old being made new. In looking that, that would be pretty accurate. Because I'm, first of all, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, um, literally yesterday was my two-year anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, so it's time has flown by. It has, and you came right in the thick of the pandemic. And I remember one of the happiest first days after the vaccine was when many of us were lined up around the block to be able to come in to see, what was that guy's name? Um, some folky had a, a song. Uh, had, it was a double bill with someone oh, from the 90s and someone current. Uh, was it Patty Griffin and Gregory Allen? Is it called? Yep, 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 yep. And I remember we were just so excited to be out again. And you had it all set up, because this is right at the beginning when people were scared to come out. I'm talking about like early 2021. And oh, you yeah. had such incredible efficiency. So first of all, we were all standing in line outside. We can't remember this now because we all feel the pandemic's over. But you would just come to town, the Bisbee Denver, wondering how are we going to be in public together, all together. We had our masks and got vaccine. And you had us around the block. So all of a sudden we felt like, oh, my God, we're out in public again. And we're in line for a show, which makes it exciting. And then I've never been through a line that moved that fast. You had each of us check that we had our vaccination. And, man, they should have you guys over at the TSA at the airport because we got right through and it was fun. And the concert was fun. And, and, and now you've been going full tilt ever since. Very much so. And I'm glad to hear that because believe me, it's, uh, it was something new for us and different. And we were doing the best that we could with the situation that we were all in, experiencing something new and different and at times frustrating. Um, but no, but definitely glad that you had that experience and that you felt like once again, that we were provided the kind of experience that you had hoped to receive after two or 18 months, basically, of time of not being able to go out and just be a part of a group of people that are experiencing something special for that one night only. And wow, so you came to New Haven, you got charged with bringing Schubert into a new era. I've been watching how you're making real efforts to have all sorts of parts of the community involved, and we're looking at the upcoming events. So how's that been? You sort of leading us out of the pandemic, be back in person to see culture as a community, and you're trying to reshape or evolve how that takes place. Tell me a little more about that. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, like I said, drew me to New Haven was just how diverse it was. You know, coming from New York, obviously, it's like the melting pot of the world. Everybody is there. Um, and when I kind of started looking this deeper into New Haven and understanding the community that's here, it kind of seemed just like a smaller, a smaller version of New York to me as far as there being so many different kinds of cultures and people, all that have come into this one community and are living amongst one another now. And so 
the Schubert being a place that has now been here for 108 years, um, providing quality entertainment to this particular community. All I wanted to then do is just continue to honor that fact that this community is beautiful and it's diverse and it's there's so many different cultures to explore and to experience. And in turn, what I've been trying to then do with my, my team and I is just bring that diversity to our stage because we do have the ability to pick and to curate what our season looks like. You know, the artists that we bring into this building to provide them to our community. And I think, you know, even what we have left for this particular season, uh, I think it kind of exemplifies the goal that we set in, set in front of us. Um, and hopefully people feel like we really are achieving that goal. We're talking to Anthony McDonald, executive director of the Schubert Theater, about what is definitely part of his mission of diversifying what you see at the Schubert. You know, I'm looking at your background. I, I keep trying, I keep looking back at those seats and the grandness of the hall. You know, there's something about the Schubert. Yeah, it has that history in New Haven. And, and it's something when you go there, whether it's for a political debate, a musical, a concert, it feels more special because you're there. You kind of feel like you're out at the Grand Theater that has a history with lots of people and the big ceiling and the several levels and the stage. It just, I, I think it's a special place. So you have, when I look at the next three events you have, actually four, I'm looking, first of all, it's obviously diversity. You'll see in a minute of different kinds of ethnic backgrounds, but there's also a way, I think in some of these, and I'd like to hear more from you about that, the way we take cultural touchstones from different eras and we relate to them now how we present them now, how we understand them now. For instance, the first show you have up, right, is the Best of the Eagles on March 18th, right? So this is like this a Saturday. theatrical. Hmm? I was saying this Saturday. This Saturday night is Best of the Eagles. And tell me about that. Like, what, what kind of phenomenon is that when you have a big rock group? I mean, they're technically still around, but their heyday, right, was the 70s, 80s, 90s. When you have a group like that, what kind of show is this? How do they recreate the era of the Eagles? Well, you know, this is... Um what we call a tribute band in that sense, but these particular artists, you know, not every tribute band I would say is created equal. And so you could have multiple different bands out there that are performing this music. Um, however, we just felt like this particular group really kind of just exemplified the essence of the Eagles in such a way that I think the audience is really gonna have an amazing time experiencing it as if this was back in the day, we could say, and the actual artists were on that stage. And so, uh, you know, once again, this is a part of uh, our community. There's a, there's a whole plethora of folks who still love their classic rock, who love this, this uh, era of music. And like I said, this is a part of our community. So I want to make sure that I'm honoring that, that part too. And I mean, at the end of the day, who doesn't love Hotel California? I mean, to be able to experience- Mine was Lion Eyes. I thought Lion Eyes was a great song. <laughs> you know, so it's like to be able to experience that in a, in a concert venue again, versus just hearing, hearing on your radio. You know, I think it's really gonna be an amazing time this Saturday night. And you use the word concert venue. So often you'll see a tribute band in a club. There is something different, right? Like you probably, like if you see it at the Schubert, and then you had us pegged, by the way, Baby Boomer Classic Rocks. I mean, the Eagles weren't my favorite band, but that whole singer-songwriter California-style classic rock, it's, so, it's the loop that's in my head, the soundtrack of life that gets embedded. Oh, yes. And, and um, so what is different, Anthony, about having this performed at the Schubert as opposed to Toads? You know, that's a good question. I have yet to experience a concert at Toads to understand. Or a club. Or a club, yeah. You know, so, so I'll say this. You're getting, I don't want to let me think, think how I can say this in a, in a nice way. You're getting an elevated experience when you come into the Schubert. 
you know, yeah, where wrong with that. it's it's about a night out, an evening out, where you can bring your significant other, you can bring friends, and you're not necessarily going to feel, you're not going to necessarily have drunken folks bumping into you because we're in seats. Right? Also, we're, like, we're, you know, and those of us of this demographic, we do like to sit down. We do you like know? to sit down and see and hear the music. And even back in the day, there was a difference, and I don't think it's a put down of either. There was a difference between seeing an arena show, a concert hall show, which I would argue this is the, the kind of top of the line for a concert hall, and a club. There's something great about a club, getting a little sweaty, up at bodies against people. There's some electricity about that, and it's often not the bands like the Eagles, right? Exactly. And, and I think this, and it's all, I would argue, legitimate music, legitimate theater, by the way, too, and that this is obviously the ideal place to see this. Whereas if I were seeing, you know, if they, if they were doing the, um, the Sex Pistols, I think I might want to see that at Cafe 9. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's obviously the thing. I wanted to obviously find a way not to uh, put down anybody, but there are different venues offer different kinds of for artists and or different kinds of music. You know, you're not going to catch the Schubert necessarily doing, uh, you know, a, a rap artist here because that style of music People are going to want to get up. They're going to want to dance. They're going to want to move around more versus being confined to a seat. Right, we so, want to chill out with the Eagles. You want to be sitting you next know? to your other, as you say, and just kind of chill out in the zone. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's, the, that's the difference here. I think, you know, this particular style of music is going to lend itself hopefully great to um, the folks that we have coming to see the show. And then next to that, you got up March 23rd to March 26th. The true story of Gloria and Amelia Estefan. So it's not just the music, although the music is obviously essential, there's no place better than the Schubert for kind of big hall music production. You know, you guys, there's nothing better, no place other than New Haven to actually see that at that level. But what, tell me more about that show. That's not a tribute band, correct? Not at all. This is straight from Broadway. Um, the Gloria Estefan musical about her life, you know, the meeting of her and her husband, but then also, as you mentioned already, the music it's, itself. And this is funny enough that, that this was music that I grew up listening to with my own parents, you know, being grew up in New Jersey. Uh, we had 106.7 Light FM and Gloria Estefan, whether I realized it or not, was always playing because back in the 90s, she was one of the biggest pop stars that we had. And so this, this uh, musical slash story is exemplifying just her artistry providing us with the soundtracks that we all know and really giving you just a, a fun experience at the theater. You know, I understand that sometimes life can get us down and the, the news of the day is not always the most positive. And this is a night slash a set of nights that hopefully folks will come in and be able to just release and forget the troubles of the world and get lost in the music and the story itself. And that's timeless. The, uh... And, you know, it's different from the Eagles, too, because the Eagles are a little bit like, you know, a little bit of the druggy scene and kind of think about what sucks, right? And then it was Gloria Estefan, would you argue that the music, is that the role that you remember from New Jersey when you were growing up? Did it feel that way, the way you're talking about it now, where it kind of gives you a little bit of lift, a little step, a little it bit? It does. You know, positive. Positive, just upbeat, celebrating life, you know? Um you just, in many ways, you can't go wrong. I mean, once again, you hear conga at a, at a party, you want to get up and dance, or dare I say, you want to get on your feet and do the conga. You know, you want to experience that kind of this vibrancy of that music 
And the, the fact is, this was also, once again, a part of an op opportunity for the Schubert to provide entertainment, especially on the Broadway side, that centers a Latino experience, that centers, in this particular case, a Cuban experience of Gloria Estefan coming up in this country, in Miami, and being able to make it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so few shows that center uh, a Latin experience make its way to Broadway that allows a Schubert now to be able to present it to our community, community thereafter. And so when I saw the opportunity to bring this here, it was a no brainer for me. And I, and I fought to make sure that I could bring it for our community. Because once again, like I said, we're all here. And so hopefully all of us, even if you're uh, Latin or not, can come and have an amazing time and, and remember just why, wish, why she was so big in the 90s and early 2000s, but then also understanding some of the tragedy and the struggle she also went through in her personal life. You know, for me, I was too young to know about the car accident. I was too young to know about some of these things because I just, you know, I was a kid. So I wasn't hearing that kind of news. So you kind of get, get reminded about not everything was always just so easy for her. And she really did have to overcome a lot of things in order to finally get back and be able to just do what she loved to doing. So it's a really when good- When I hear you describe show. this, I think about that sweet spot in the goal you described of having a more di diverse set of offerings in a theater that's really for the whole community. Because on the one hand, you're bringing one community that isn't heard enough in this type of culture, right? Broadway style musicals. On the other hand, what makes it succeed as with any earlier entry into that market is the universality. So it's not a universality that waters down the culture. It celebrates the culture. It's that music. It's that story that you can specifically relate to. And it's also the story everybody can relate to. I yep. learned from whether you talk about overcoming adversity or wanting to get up and dance. Anthony McDonald's executive director, Schubert. We're talking about upcoming shows as the old is being made new again. So then after that, again, Jesus Christ Superstar is having a 50th anniversary run, April 21st to 23rd. And again, now, now we're going back to the 70s, early 70s, kind of the end of the hippie era. And, you know, you know, it's been an idea. I was thinking, when I think back, I was a kid then, I was thinking about Jesus Christ Superstar, was, was hippie culture gone to Broadway? And it's sort of reclaiming Jesus as like nowadays, I think of Jesus as sort of the original Bernie Sanders. But, you know, we could think of him lots of different ways. That's why I love, I, I'm Jewish and I love Jesus, not his son of God. But, you know, like, you know, I love what that's about. And that, that play was obviously capping during the hippie universal love vibe of it and, and treating each other well, really, I think when it comes down to it, and really memorable songs, like I don't know how to love them and all that. What are you seeing? Why are you bring it back on a 50 year term? What does that mean now? We knew what it mean in 1970, what it meant in 1972. What does Jesus Christ Superstar say to us in 2023? You know, that's a great question because I think there are a few timeless musicals that exist that, I mean, once again, for anything from 50 years ago to still carry relevance all these decades later, it's a testament to just the artistry and once again, the music. You know, for me, it was eighth grade when I did one of my first musicals, which actually was the opposite. It was Godspell. Well, uh, I think that was together. And Godspell exactly. was, it was the more important one for me period. too. Thing you know, thing. and so I know that particular show a little bit more just because I did it. Uh, but once again, it's it's watching these shows and being able to then almost not say purposely, but you are actually learning about the Bible. You're learning about the man 
but in a style that can be sometimes a little more palatable to those that don't care to go to church, don't care, but it's like, then you infuse rock into it and you just kind of re-jigger the entire expectancy of what you're got to experience. And you hear the guitars and you're like, wait, this is about who? Jesus? <laughs> like, I didn't expect this. And it so, is. It's fitting. You know, it is very much so. It's it's still about the Bible. It's still about telling a particular part of that story and enabling folks to connect with something that maybe wouldn't necessarily always be something that they're kind of looking for. But in a different way, it's, it's kind of like the Hamilton effect in a way. That story told in a very plain, linear way of what one could have expected may not have become the big juggernaut that it is today. And this show in many ways probably did the same exact thing back in that day, to take a story and to infuse rock music into it, to give it a whole new feeling and look when once again, you're expecting you know liturgical music and that's okay too. I grew Presbyterian, so we were not having drums. We had an organ in my church. So that's what you could expect. And then you come and experience this and you're like, oh, wait, this is, this is different. This is kind of cool. What song did you sing in, in Godspell? Oh, man. So I was part of the Tower of Babel. Uh, so the very first song, um, I was a chorus. I was like I said, I was eighth grade. So I was just happy to be around and to be able to sing Prepare Ye the Way of the Lord and all these classic songs that, you know, every once in a while I just bust out a song in my own house. Because why the heck not? I'm in theater. I, so that I'm was a soundtrack gospel for me. I saw it off Broadway as a little kid when it came out. And, and in eighth grade, uh, Day by Day was the first song I learned on guitar that had a G major seven. Wow. And the way it built, and I just loved the texture of that song and the A-B yeah. format, the way it really built with the drums. You know, I agree with you. That music really lifted it. You know, and that's the thing. So it's, it's, doing, it's bringing that 50 years later. We can still be celebrating the music, the the music hole itself. And, you know, and honestly, ticket sales are doing quite well. So it seems like there is still uh, a world of people that want to experience this again, because at the end of the day, this is the best-selling book of all time, right? And so there's, there's, when you can experience the story on a stage, I think that will always find folks to come out and support it. So I, I was thinking uh, when I saw that you're playing Wilmore, Kentucky. So you had that spontaneous pray in at a college where people came from all over, kept the politicians out, young people really finding meaning and coming together across differences of politics and being inspired by religion and prayer in, in a way that young people can relate to in a new way. And I kind of think you're bringing this play at the time when that event stretched out to two weeks and really captured the imaginations of the whole country. To me, that was another reminder about why a play like this could really speak to us and what people are looking for, because I think people are yearning a society the way they were in the early 70s when society was being fractured by social divisions, we were looking for a unifying, universalist, passionate, and caring theme through the, the, the Jesus story. So yeah. I, think, I think it kind of works. And then after that, and this is a favorite one in New Haven, is Tito Puente. He's going to be playing at the Schubert stage on April 29th. We love him in New Haven. And Tito Puente and Jr. Yep. And, and, and more importantly, also... The green. Yeah. Oh, yes. And he's played in here. I mean, some of my own guys were saying, you know, they remember having uh, Tito Puente here and looking now really looking forward to welcoming his son into the building, in addition to Rico Monaco, um, you know, who's played with 
some legendary musicians as well, like Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony from Van Halen. Um, really? Oh, yeah. He and plays with the Rockers. Is, he's played with some Rockers, but he's also a local guy. Okay. Rico, Mon Rico Monaco is from Shelton. Oh, okay. So this is probably one of his first times being able to kind of come back in many ways home and to be able to now provide them that music uh, and artistry to his own community. And, and is it so, jazz the genre, Anthony? Uh, mambo rock, you know, so it's going to be music that's going to get you up and dancing, you know, and I know, like I was saying earlier, we're not maybe always that perfect space for that, but believe me, there's enough space for you to get up and move. And so I hope that folks just want to come out and have a good time and get to a chance to experience, like I said, this level of music or this kind of music right here at the Schubert Theater. Everybody has a good time. I have a good time every time I've been at the Schubert. And it sounds like you got some great events coming up. We'll repeat this in the independent when we post this tomorrow with the embed. But we got some great shows coming up. You got the Eagle, Best of the Eagles, March 18th. That's this weekend. On Your Feet, the true story of Gloria Emilio Esteban, March 23rd to 6th. Jesus Christ, superstar, 50th anniversary, April 21st to 3rd. Rico Monaco Band with special guest Tito Puente Jr., April 29th. Just go to Schubert.com. Is that what it is? Schubert.com. All right, and you'll get it all. It's really a pleasure to talk to you. I'm so glad you're in New Haven and doing such a great job bringing Thank the theater that. to a new era. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to keep this place coming along for another 25 years if I can. And then, and but not being here for 25 years, but make sure I put it on the right path. Just because at the end of the day, this theater has provided so much beautiful memories and positive experiences that I just want to be a part of that journey for it. I have no doubt you're going to succeed. And then after those 25 years, we'll have the 75th anniversary tour of Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony McDonald, executive director of the Schubert Theater here on WNHHFM. Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure this week to fill in for Babs Rawls-Ivy, the inimitable Babs Rawls-Ivy on Love Babs, Love Talk. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic Experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Feel to Be Free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. We all know what it means to fly free. We just got to book our flight. Book your flight with us at WNHH New Haven's home for community radio. Mm -hmm.